Hello everyone, Dr. Cassie here. Welcome and thanks for joining us for this Vetfolio podcast, sponsored in part by Zoetis, where we'll be talking with Dr. Tammy Grubb about the top five reasons to make Serenia a routine pre-anesthetic drug for dogs. Who wouldn't want less perioperative vomiting, a smoother recovery, and a faster return to normal after anesthesia for their patients? Well, in this podcast, Dr. Grubb discusses how adding Serenia as a routine pre-anesthetic medication can help accomplish all of these goals. Our guest today, Dr. Grubb, is a diplomate of the American College of Veterinary Anesthesia and Analgesia with a strong focus in pain management. She's an anesthesia analgesia consultant in small and large animal practices and a certified acupuncturist. She's also a member of the International Academy of Veterinary Pain Management and adjunct professor of veterinary anesthesia and analgesia at Washington State University. She's co-author of two books, Anesthesia and Pain Management for Veterinary Nurses and Technicians and Analgesia and Anesthesia for the Ill or Injured Dog and Cat. Dr. Grubb's favorite achievement is winning the Carl J. Norton Distinguished Teacher Award And listening to her on today's podcast, you guys will understand why she won that award. She's a fantastic speaker and teacher. So without further ado, let's jump into my interview with Dr. Grubb. Dr. Grubb, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks back, Dr. Fleming. I'm really excited. We've got a great topic. Absolutely. And we're happy to have you. So our topic, of course, being Serenia or Meropotent Citrate. I understand that you're a big fan of this drug, so much so you think that it should be used as a routine component of the pre-medication protocol for dogs undergoing anesthesia. And you've got five reasons for this. So can you start walking us through what those reasons are? Absolutely. I would love to go through the five reasons that, in my opinion, Serenia, or as you said, Meropotin Citrate, should be a routine component of the pre-anesthesia protocol for all dogs. The first of my five reasons is that Serenia, of course, is a really potent antiemetic. And unfortunately, as we all know, some anesthetics and anesthesia-related drugs cause vomiting. And vomiting can have a number of negative consequences. We know from both clinical experience and from research that dogs receiving pre-anesthesia serenia do not vomit perioperatively, including no vomiting in the recovery period. So prevention of vomiting is an obvious reason number one. Absolutely. I always feel so bad for those guys when they wake up from anesthesia or getting pre-medded and they're vomiting. You just your heart just breaks for them. So can we talk about some of the research that you were referring to and what kind of resources there are that are available to veterinarians? There are numerous research publications proving that administration of pre-anesthesia serenia provides multiple benefits to dogs. Specifically, the vomiting data that I just mentioned came from work done by Dr. Bonnie Hay Kraus, who's a fellow anesthesiologist. Her work and the the work of others is actually summarized in an open access publication. So for anyone wanting an overview of the topic and a thorough list of references, find this article, Spotlight on the Perioperative Use of Meropotin Citrate by Bonnie Hay Kraus, as we mentioned, published in the August 2017 Veterinary Medicine Research and Reports. So that's August 2017, Veterinary Medicine Research and Reports. And remember, it's open access, so it's available to everyone. 
Fantastic. I can't wait to go check that out because anything that'll help anesthesia go more smoothly would be a welcome. So perianesthetic vomiting is also a major concern in people, right? Yeah, that's right. Perianesthesia vomiting can be quite distressing for people. It's often even more concerning than the possibility of postoperative pain which was surprising to me since the fear of pain is a huge issue for most people. And of course, in addition to the distress, there are medical implications. Vomiting, as we all know, can cause dehydration, electrolyte imbalances, abdominal pain, and even in a worst case scenario, it can lead to aspiration pneumonia. All of that adds up to the fact that anesthesia-related vomiting is a very common cause of delayed release from the hospital and increased medical costs in human medicine. So definitely some major implications there. And I'm sure that anyone who's experienced nausea and vomiting secondary to anesthesia carries that concern for their pet as well. Absolutely. And you and I probably fit into that concern for our pets category too. I know I do. I bet you do as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it turns out that most pet owners have this concern. In a more recent study by Dr. Krauss, 94% of pet owners said that they have empathy for their dogs if they vomit and they don't want them to vomit. And 99% of the owners said they would pay extra to prevent vomiting in their dogs. I would pay too. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like this needs to be a conversation that we're having up front and that we're offering to owners ahead of time. Take care of that. So this is an owner perception. And as we talked about, we certainly feel the same way about our dogs. But why is anesthesia-related vomiting a medical concern in dogs? Can you talk about the medical consequences of perioperative vomiting? Oh, absolutely. You know, actually, I think sometimes vomiting seems quite benign, but it's not. Perianesthesia vomiting can be dangerous for dogs just as in humans. And unfortunately, as we mentioned in humans as worst case scenario about aspiration pneumonia, that can also happen in dogs, especially certain breeds of dogs. So primarily brachycephalic dogs, since the abnormalities in their upper airway makes aspiration more likely. And, you know, aspiration pneumonia is relatively uncommon, luckily. But when it does occur, it's often fatal. So since we have the potential to prevent the vomiting in the first place, it's just really unnecessary risk to take. Absolutely. So scary to think about aspiration pneumonia being a huge concern with patients under anesthesia. Can you talk about some other examples of specific complications or specific patients where vomiting could be detrimental? You bet. You know, unfortunately, there are quite a few potential complications. Vomiting can be detrimental in any dog, but there is certainly a population of dogs in which vomiting can be extremely detrimental and should be avoided. Again, we mentioned, as we all know, vomiting can cause dehydration and electrolyte imbalance, which is a concern in every dog, but especially those with pre-existing dehydration or electrolyte imbalances, vomiting can exacerbate those conditions. Vomiting causes an increase in intracranial and intraocular pressure. So pre-existing ocular or neurologic conditions could also be exacerbated by vomiting. And we're talking about dogs with conditions like glaucoma, corneal ulcers that could rupture, head trauma, 
space occupying lesions in the cranium, etc. And probably obviously, vomiting can exacerbate problems in dogs with esophageal lesions or obstructions. So any dogs with conditions like esophageal ulcerations or strictures or foreign bodies should be prevented from vomiting if at all possible. Sure, sure. Actually, it's interesting you say the corneal ulcers. I hadn't thought of corneal ulcers in terms of increased pressure, but that makes a lot of sense. So I've heard of some veterinarians who actually want their patients to vomit before surgery, and they say they want to make sure that their stomachs are empty. So what are your feelings on that? You know, I'm sure you've heard that a million times, as have I. It's such a long-held and common belief. But now we know that actually neither vomiting nor long fasting times can guarantee that the stomach is completely empty. So it's really better not to count on this happening, and it's safer to just prevent the vomiting from the beginning, and then to proceed with anesthesia the way it should be done, meaning rapid induction, followed immediately by intubation, and then by appropriate endotracheal tube cuff inflation to protect the airway. Sure. I know I've definitely had those patients where I go, I know you've been fasted and there's still stuff in their stomach. So like you said, no guarantee that even if they do vomit, they're going to have an empty stomach. That's absolutely right. Well, good to know. I feel like you have done a fabulous job of walking us through reason number one. Let's get into reason number two for making Serenia a routine component of pre-anesthetic medications. Well, interestingly, reason number two is also about vomiting, but from a different perspective. Just think about it. The actual act of vomiting with the extreme contractions of the abdominal muscles can cause abdominal pain. And vomiting in any patient can cause that pain, and it can really exacerbate the pain in patients with pre-existing abdominal pain, like those that have undergone abdominal surgery, for instance, exploratory laparotomy, ovarohysterectomy. And of course, we know that pain itself also has many negative consequences. So we absolutely want to prevent pain from any source whenever possible. So a lot of negative effects of vomiting from a lot of different perspectives. I can absolutely see why you feel like Serenia should be a routine part of the preoperative anesthetic protocol. What's reason number three for using Serenia? The third reason is that dogs receiving pre-anesthesia Serenia have better recoveries from anesthesia than dogs not receiving Serenia. Interesting. Can you elaborate further on that? What is the evidence for better recoveries? We see better, or we might call them smoother, recoveries clinically, and this was also proven in research by Dr. Deb Ramsey. Her research showed that dogs receiving Serenia had decreased aimless or random uncoordinated movements, less vocalization, and less panting in recovery than the dogs that received placebo. Wow, and that's certainly something we want to reduce, just like the perioperative vomiting uh, that kind of pulls at your heartstrings when you see these guys with the pink elephants running around and, you know, they're just having a really hard time waking up. It just breaks your heart. So that is a really good reason. Well, I know I try to work really hard to have my patients wake up smoothly and keep them calm. And I always kind of hope that if I do have one with a rough recovery, he won't remember these pink elephants, so to speak, spinning around his head. But can you talk about why a smooth recovery is important physiologically? 
You bet, and good for you. Many people overlook the importance of recovery, and it's actually really important. A smooth recovery is just as critical as a smooth induction. A lot of things can go wrong if recovery is not smooth. For one thing, what we call bad or rough recoveries include those aimless movements, those described by Dr. Ramsey, the uncoordinated, sometimes excessive movements. These can potentially lead to patient self-trauma and can put surgical repairs at risk of dehiscence or breakdown, and no surgeon wants that. In addition, anxiety occurs in the dog. Anxiety is a, a common component of bad recoveries, and anxiety is known to exacerbate pain in human patients. Since the pain pathway between dogs and humans is almost the same, it's very likely that the same pain exacerbation occurs in dogs with a bad recovery. So really a calm, smooth recovery is important for a number of reasons, and it should be the goal for every patient recovering from anesthesia. So that's a great point. A good recovery from anesthesia is obviously important. So what's reason number four? Number four is that dogs receiving pre-anesthesia serenia return to normal eating much earlier than dogs not receiving serenia. In the study by Dr. Deb Ramsey, over 90% of Serenia-treated dogs returned to their normal amount of food consumption, and that was within 20 hours post-operatively, so essentially by the next day after anesthesia. But only 42% of the placebo dogs were eating normally by that time. 90% versus 42%, that's a big difference. That is a big difference and a really common parameter we use to determine how our patients are doing after anesthesia. Are there certain reasons why that's important? Absolutely. And actually, it's kind of funny because the importance is twofold. It's important to both the dog and the owner. Let's first talk about the dog. As we all know, normal nutrition is important for healing in all patients. Anorexia with the potential for subsequent cachexia, can put that dog into a negative nutritional plane, and that, of course, can delay tissue healing. Anorexia can be especially detrimental in select patients, like those with diabetes and toy breed dogs and very young dogs, for example. In these patients, a rapid return to normal eating is important for maintenance of normal serum glucose concentrations. Post-operative hypoglycemia is common if these patients are not eating soon after anesthesia. And of course, hypoglycemia can contribute to prolonged anesthetic recovery, so that will further delay eating. And worst case scenario, as we all know, hypoglycemia can actually be fatal. Absolutely. So scary. And medically, that makes a lot of sense. But Owners might not know all the medical reasons that return to normal eating is so important. So why would this be important to the owner? <laughs> yes, the owner. Seeing their pet eat normally is extremely important for owner satisfaction and peace of mind. Owners consider return to normal behavior to be a sign of successful anesthesia. And normal eating is the main behavior that owners want to see after anesthesia. We all know how much owners love to give their dogs treats. Okay, so do I. I love to give my dogs treats. Guilty. 
<laughs> okay, good. I'm glad I'm not alone. And you and I probably would say the same thing as most owners. If the dog, other owners, if the dog doesn't eat that treat or it doesn't eat its meal, the owner gets so concerned that either something is medically wrong or that the dog is mad at the owner for the trip to the veterinary hospital. We hear the, I think my dog is mad at me comment a lot. Speaking from our personal experience, I'm amazed at how many owners think we are doing better anesthesia, better, as defined solely by the fact that their dog eats soon after returning home from the hospital. (laughs) If the pet eats, the owner is happy. And the main difference between the dog's eating or not eating, in our experience, is simply the addition of pre-anesthetic serenia. Wow. And a happy owner is somebody who would hopefully trust us to do future procedures on their pet if needed. So that's an important reason in and of itself to use Serenia. Absolutely. Obviously, it's all about the human-animal bond and keeping the owners just as happy as the pet. Absolutely. So we've talked about dog health and owner satisfaction. What's reason number five that Serenia should be part of the pre-anesthetic protocol? Reason five is a huge reason to me because I could not do my job without my team. Reason five is better staff efficiency and higher staff job satisfaction. Just think about it. Less vomiting equals less cleanup time. So that's better efficiency. But also less vomiting equals less perceived negative impact on the dog which leads to higher job satisfaction for the technician. One of the main reasons that technicians tell me that they don't like opioids is because of the opioid-mediated vomiting. That's an unfortunate reason to dislike a potent analgesic drug class, but I completely understand how the nurses feel when they see animals that they perceive to be in some sort of discomfort or distress, like when they are vomiting. Veterinary nurses are the patient's advocate, just like human nurses, and they want to alleviate any stress felt by their patients. So not only do decreased vomiting and better recoveries, which we we talked about a few minutes ago, increase staff satisfaction with the patient and the anesthesia protocol, but it also decreases the workload on the technician from, as we said already, cleanup, but also from decreased time spent dealing with patients having bad recoveries. This frees up our technicians and nurses to do other productive tasks like blood work, fecal analysis, client callbacks, all of the things which are not only good for the technician, but also good for the practice and the practice income, quite frankly. Every, all of that being super important. So we've talked about better for the patient, better for the owner, better for the team. What about us as veterinarians? Is there an impact on the efficiency and the workload of the veterinarian? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think we all feel the same way. It is so deflating to walk into the office at the end of a really busy day and see the number of phone calls that we need to make to talk to clients about their pets. And a fairly high percentage of these calls are often regarding pets that are not eating after anesthesia. And, you know, we get these even if we have, or I guess if we think we have, fully discussed the impact of anesthesia on appetite. It's amazing. But as we said, owners are extremely concerned if their pets don't eat and especially concerned if they vomit. So by giving Serenia, which I know we've already said it, but by giving Serenia, 
We can prevent vomiting, promote early return to normal eating. That's just one less phone call to make. You're absolutely right. You see all those phone calls at the end of the day. And if you can just have a few more patients that are, are doing well and you don't have to make that phone call, it's, it's more efficient, happier owners. It's just better all around. Absolutely. So those are excellent reasons to include Sereni as a routine part of the pre-anesthetic protocol. Let's talk a little bit more about the drug itself. What is the proper protocol for administering Serenia pre-anesthetically? Serenia should be administered to dogs four months of age or older, 45 to 60 minutes before administration of an emetogenic agent, such as an opioid or some of the other anesthetic drugs. And the dose is one milligram per kilogram, either administered subcutaneously or administered slowly intravenously, like over one to two minutes. Any adverse effects of Serenia that we should be aware of? There's adverse effects with every drug, unfortunately. The most common adverse effect is pain and vocalization during the subcutaneous injection because the drug stings a bit. And in the person who is administering the Serenia, topical exposure can cause a localized allergic skin reaction if that exposure is repeated or prolonged, it can lead to skin sensitization. So I've always kept my Serenia in the refrigerator because I've heard that decreases the amount of stinging on injection. Has that been your experience as well? Yes, absolutely. Good for you. That is how we should store Serenia because it definitely decreases, at least in my experience as well, the likelihood that the sting will occur. So keep it in the refrigerator. And of course, we can administer Serenia intravenously or IV, which eliminates the sting completely. That could definitely help because sometimes it can be a little bit stingy. Are there any dogs where we wouldn't want to administer Serenia and administration would not be appropriate? Sure. As with any drug, patient selection is very important. So safe use of Serenia has not been evaluated in dogs with gastrointestinal obstruction or in those that have ingested toxins, and it should be used with caution in dogs with hepatic dysfunction because it requires hepatic metabolism for elimination. There's more information on the Serenia website, which is easy to remember. It is simply www.serenia.com. Gotta love it when it's easy to remember like that. <laughs> Absolutely. So to summarize, in your experience, which dog should receive Serenia as part of their standard pre-medication for every anesthetic episode? Obviously, all brachycephalic dogs, any dog with a painful abdomen, dogs in which increased intracranial or intraocular pressure could be dangerous, any dog with esophageal abnormalities or foreign bodies, any dog in which rapid return to normal eating is critical. And in reality, the main cause of peri-anesthetic vomiting is anesthetic drugs. So in my opinion, which dog should receive Serenia as part of the standard pre-medication? All of them. <laughs> well, at least all of them over four months of age or older, since that's the approved age range for Serenia. Absolutely. Well, we've covered a lot of important reasons to prevent anesthesia-related vomiting. Fantastic information and guidance. We appreciate it so much. Are there any final thoughts you'd like to share with us? I want to thank you back, Dr. Fleming. What a great interview and fun to talk about such a great drug. And final thoughts, prevent vomiting. Nobody wants it. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Grubb, and thank you everyone for joining us. And thank you to Zoetis for sponsoring this event. If you'd like to find out more about this and other exciting podcasts, click on the Education tab on Vetfolio's portal. As always, we'd love to hear your input on this session as well as ideas for topics you'd like to hear from us in the future. Feel free to reach out to me at dvm at vetfolio.com. You can also visit my Facebook page at Dr. Cassie DVM, and you can find me on LinkedIn. And remember, if one animal is better off because of you today, it's a great day.